Good morning, fellow students, and welcome back to another episode of Legacy Weapon, your guide to the Legacy format. I am Jamie. And I'm Drew. And we are a podcast, we think. We think. Maybe. Well, we'll see. is anything really real? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of. Maybe. All right. Now, I, 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 think, I think we're trying too hard there. Uh, let's, yeah. let's move on to today's topic. Today's, today's, a topic. Very, today's a very special topic. They're always special topics, but... <laughs> This one is near and dear to my heart. They're good topics, Drow. <laughs> yeah. Um, deck today tech. we're doing a deck tech. Yay. Yeah, we have not done one in <clears throat> a while. No, uh, only like three episodes or right. six months, depending on how you're counting. You know, right, exactly. Uh, we're going to do deck tech on Aloran, which Aloran. we talked about a little bit um, when we did our wrap-up of the Grand Prix, since you brought it forth it. at the Grand Prix holy form from, like, from the head of Zeus. Yeah, pretty much, and had a good time, and won a couple games, you know, it's alright. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you, you beat Abyssal Spectre, right? Uh, a Hypnotic Spectre. Hypnotic Spectre, okay. Which is yeah, a much so. better card than Abyssal Spectre. It's true, it's much better. So it's still you know. really not legacy playable. Um, I also beat some Miracles decks, so I'm better than a banned deck. Oh, good. So that's, you know, that's a thing. So right. how was Aloran's Miracles matchup as we just try to think how it might play out in the new meta? So I think the Aloran, match, Aloran Miracle matchup was decent. I mean, it, it was... About 50-50. It was even, fine. Maybe, maybe slightly favoring Aloran, but not, you know, no more than like 55-45. I th- you had trouble because your deck is not a super fast deck, which just led to draws. Right. The, right. the problem was that there was a very high draw rate, yes. Right. Which, a lot of that comes down just to Miracles and comes down to the lower tiers at a Grand Prix, so you're getting some people who maybe aren't as familiar with them. Um, and but, including maybe me, since I was super not familiar with my deck. And, right, so that's yeah. that's something to take into account. Is any slower deck automatically just has more trouble miracles. Right. And now I, I guess Lands is going to be the go-to slow deck. I mean, it's hard to call it a slow deck when it can power out a 2020. Yeah, I, I, the match that I had against Lands, uh, I, I lost because my combos were ready to go on turn three and then on turn four, and I was dying the turn before that. My my games against so, Lands were either over, like, turn four or five, yeah. or I surgical extractioned, uh, like, their Dark Depths. Dark depth. Yeah. So and taking... It takes forever. It took yeah. forever. It, right. it, it, yeah, it was turn, like... 20? I think it was literally turn 20. Right. Um, anyway, uh, so let's talk about Aloran. We're going to try, let's. like normal, two parts. So today we'll talk about what the actual deck list is and kind of how it works, and then we'll go deeper next time. So, start off with right. the deck list. Right, so there, Aloran has at least two, kind of, sort of, maybe three different builds. Um, so we could, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss those, but the uh, the general question is whether you're playing Recruiter uh, of the Guard or possibly Imperial Recruiter, if anybody's still doing that. Um, but the, the key card to all of the versions is, of course, Aloran, which we've talked a little bit bef- about before, but it's a, it's a four-man enchantment, two green and two, and it says that any player may play creature cards with converted mana cost three or less without paying their mana cost and as though they had flash. So this is a really weird card um it's a four drop which is a lot for legacy it lets you play three drops for free which is really weird like why are you paying four mana to get three drops out yeah but but then when you then you think about it you well okay but then it also lets you play a whole a large class of spells and ignore their mana costs right which is generally super super powerful uh and so it's maybe not surprising that there's an infinite combo here. Um, yeah, what's I, actually I, kind of surprising to me is how hard it is to make that infinite combo yes, go. I, well, and the thing is, the reason why it's hard, I, I remember there used to be a long, long time ago in a Loring deck, and I don't know if it was competitive or not at the time, I think it was you know, back when Extended was a thing or something, but it yeah. was a Loren and Recycle. Yeah. Recycle says, like, your maximum hand size is two, and, and you, you don't get to draw, card, and you draw don't get card. to draw a card. You skip your draw step, yeah. Yeah. But anytime you play a card, including playing a land, draw a card. Right. So 
you know, if it's in a weenie, I guess the idea is it's a weenie deck or something with just low convert mana cost so you can play six cards every turn and just power through your whole deck. Right. Draw, 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 um, draw, 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 draw. Yeah. So the reason why nobody should ever play this card is because him to Turok is a thing. Yeah. And then you're done. <laughs> you're done. You don't get to draw any more cards. Uh, and yeah. the... Um, but, and the reason why it was a thing at the time was because you know, slap it with a Lauren and now you can play your cheap spells for free. And, right. You know, especially with self-bouncing things. And, right. You, know, you infinite storm you count and draw whatever. a cheap creature and now you can play it for free, which draws you another cheap creature, which you can then play for free. And yeah, until you play your old deck. Um, this but is that, a little, that's super fragile. That's super, that's super fragile. fragile. This is much less fragile than that and yes. equally explosive, maybe even yep. more so. Um, so... The the one card, there are a bunch of ways actually to, to break a Lauren, but most of them are like four card combos. Um, or you need two cards besides a Lauren that are terrible on their own. Yeah. Um, so the one card that essentially breaks a Lauren all by itself is Cavern Harpy. There's a random common from Plane Shift. Uh, it's a blue and a black for a 2 1 flyer. When it enters the battlefield, return a blue or black creature you controlled with its owner's hand. Apologies again to my round two opponent at the GP, because I forgot that this is mandatory. Uh, anyway, you have to return a blue or black creature to its owner's hand. Uh, well, because that's the downside. It was part of a whole cycle of cards that when it right. comes into play, you have to return a, and then basically Something. whatever it was, right. to your yeah. hand. And it was it was under cost. It was like you know a 4-4 four, for four, three mana. Which right. back then, even in two colors, was a really good deal. Right. Um, now, eh, not so much. But that that was a big deal. So you had to return a green or a white permanent creature. Um, right. And the and the idea was, you know, unless you were playing something really weird to make your creatures colorless, you would have to bounce it to itself if you didn't have something else right. to return. Right. Uh, and like a lot of downsides, you can turn it into an upside if you find the right deck. Right, so if you have creatures that have entered the battlefield abilities, then you can end up rebuying those. So, and, so why yeah. is Cavern Harpy here and not any of the other bounced creatures? Right, so Cavern Harpy also has a, an activated ability. It says, pay one life, return Cavern Harpy to its owner's hand. So Cavern Harpy is the only creature in the history of magic that can be played for free on an, out of a Lurin that can bounce something else and can then bounce itself back to your hand without requiring mana or requiring the creature to tap. So... Because if it needs it to tap, then you have to play Concordant Crossroads or something. Right, you have to have either another card to enable haste, or you'd have to wait until the next turn. You wouldn't be able to go infinite in the same turn. So uh, this allows you to... You can play it for free with Aluren. You can bounce something else that has a useful Enter the Battlefield ability, and then you can bounce Cavern Harpy to repeat the process. So the combo that generally wins the game with this is Parasitic Strix, which is a 2-2 flying artifact creature for 2 and a blue, so it's playable for free with a Lurin. And when it enters the battlefield, if you control a black permanent, target player loses 2 life and you gain 2 life. So this handily covers your life cost for for paying for Cavern Harpy's ability. And then it drains your opponent for two. So you just repeat this cycle, play Parasitic Strix, play Cavern Harpy to bounce Parasitic Strix, play Parasitic Strix again, bounce Cavern Harpy, play Cavern Harpy, bounce Parasitic Strix, and so on and so forth, and your opponent is dead. This still sounds really clunky, probably, because Parasitic Strix is not really a legacy playable card, but the thing is that Cavern Harpy ends up breaking any blue or black creature with an Enters the Battlefield ability. There are a few of those. There are a few of those, which are legitimately legacy playable in their own right. Um, and so this deck is usually chock full of Baleful Strix uh, and Shardless Agent, which doesn't strictly have an Enter the Battlefield ability, but has a cast trigger, uh, which is just as good. Because Aloran is are, cast, right? Is cast, right. It's not put on the battlefield. It is cast, which is why Shardless Agent works. Um, and so those allow you to just kind of go through your deck, and you can dig down to find your Parasitic Strix. Not gonna lie, I would want to make, like, a green Storm deck now. Yeah, I mean, you kind of could. The problem is that there isn't really a good payoff card. I really looked into this. I really looked into this, because the, 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 this is one of the problems with the Lurin, is that then Lurin is green, obviously, and then Cavern Harpy is blue and black. So you're, you're forced into at least three colors. 
And if you want to play recruiters, well, there's a red recruiter and a white recruiter. So if you want to play recruiters, you're going to be in four colors. I was really trying to figure out if there's a way to not play so many dang colors. If we could just figure out a way to get this down to two or three. And technically, yes. Technically, you can play anything you want. Technically, right. Yeah, yeah. Just, you're right, just exactly. Cut the, cut the green, and we'll call the deck... We'll call it Miracles instead. Allurish, yeah. Allurish. Uh, <laughs> we don't have Aluren in the deck anymore. It's, right. It's, it's Allurish. Right. What's your win con? It doesn't have one. Right. Exactly. Right. Attack you to death with Deathrite Shamans? Um, yeah. No, not not drain you with Deathrite Shamans. We're not playing swabs. No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't knock it. Don't knock it. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... Right, so in, 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 in the spirit of not trying to have a terrible draft deck um, and actually have a legacy deck instead, yeah, these are the cards that are necessary for the combo. Um, Still, though, I kind of want to make a green-blue Aloran Storm deck. I mean, I feel like if you're playing I, oh, Commander... We might have to have an episode about uh brewing terrible terrible tier yeah like just just four terrible decks. combos like they're yeah. right you know yeah, that yeah. theoretically win the game but are probably too clunky to ever really play i yeah. don't know i i guarantee you somebody's made this deck well i'll i'll look into it i'll report back i mean again i think this is a totally fun idea for commander i don't know how legacy viable this is but we'll, we'll we can we'll we'll brew we'll another, day. another day another day another day so, another day cavern so, harvey back to the so, actual deck cavern harvey so the there as i said there are two main builds of this deck the the one is just is what's called sultai aluren and you're going to run four copies of aluren four copies of cavern harpy uh usually two copies of parasitic strix and then four copies of baleful strix four copies of shardless agent and often four copies of coiling oracle which is a blue and a green for a one one that when it enters the battlefield you uh reveal the top card of your library if it's a land you put it on the battlefield and otherwise you put it into your hand. Um, yeah. So that's that gives you eight cards, uh, actually 12 cards, and if you count the, the actual copies of uh, Parasitic Strix, which just win you the game, you have 14 cards that if you have Aluren, or, Aluren and uh, Cavern Harpy, you can just keep drawing until, until you find the uh, Parasitic Strix and win. Yeah. Turns out pay one life, draw a card is pretty good. Yeah. Especially um, when you're a combo deck who only needs to find one specific card. Yeah, uh, hold that thought for the Band Card of the Day segment. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, right, it's really good. Uh, so that that's the idea, is that you just, you you aren't guaranteed to win if you have Aluren and Cavern Harpy in this build, but you're pretty close, probably upwards of 95%. Yeah. Because uh, almost everything, because no everything else has an end of the battlefield or cast trigger. Right. And will dig you as many times Deeper, as you can pay life right. and yeah. do good things. Right, exactly. Um, the other idea is to play one of the recruiters. I, uh, recruiter of the Guard. Uh, this is the build that I play, is the White Splash for Recruiter of the Guard. Now, do you think it's better than a Red Splash, or just cheaper? Or both? It's better. It's, it's, it I it think is it's cheaper. It but. is definitely cheaper. The thing, if you look at the sideboards of the red versions, I mean, usually there's nothing in the main deck except that's red, except the recruiters. And if mm-hmm. you look at their sideboard, there's, again, usually nothing that's red. It's just to play the recruiter. Maybe Red Elemental Blast. Maybe. Usually not even that, because it's often kind of terrible to cascade into. Ooh, good point. Um, You really want that more as a counterspell most of the time. Yeah. So the white versions, though, usually have at least one, two, or three cards that are white spells that they can actually get good use of. So, like, it's not a huge difference if you happen to have a pile of red recruiters lying around. Um, and you want to build a deck that it probably isn't going to hurt you too much, but I think the white version is actually better because you have better sideboard cards, um, and you give up nothing in exchange for having those better sideboard cards. Great, I love giving up nothing. Right, exactly. Um, so the idea behind Recruiter of the Guard is that this is a card you can play for free off of Aluren, and then it tutors for something. The usual choice is Arctic Merfolk, which is another random comment, also from Plane Shift, weirdly enough. What, what is Arctic Merfolk? I mean, I know because it's obviously a staple in 
Legacy, Vintage, and EDH. But in case anyone in our audience doesn't play those. Right. Arctic Merfolk is one and a blue for a Merfolk. It's a 1-1 one, one with a kicker. Which is so it's an additional cost, cost. to play cost to play to, to cast the spell, which you can ca- which you can do when you're playing Aloran. You're not paying the mana cost, but you can pl- you can pay additional costs like kicker, uh, and the kicker is return a creature you control to its owner's hand. So you can return the recruiter or the guard to your hand as an additional cost of casting Arctic Merfolk. And then if you pay the kicker cost, Arctic Merfolk comes into play with a plus one plus one counter on it, which is totally irrelevant. It's just the point is that you can. Trinket text. As... That is trinket text. Right. It makes it... your Arctic Merfolk prettier on the battlefield. Literally puts a trinket on it of a glass bead that means nothing. Right. That doesn't really mean anything because if you're doing this, you're probably about to combo out and win. So I so don't think the... we've ever actually Ar... attacked with a 2 2 Arctic Merfolk. I don't so think that's Ar... ever happened. Arctic Merfolk really is just effectively, it's an enter the battlefield, bounce one of your creatures. That's what it's there right. for, just to be a creature that'll bounce your guy to right. get it again. It there are other creatures of mana cost three or less that do that. Is right. this the one you play just because it's a cast trigger rather than an enter the battlefield trigger? Pretty much, yes. Um, the the nifty thing about this is that if you played something that just said, say, something like um, Mana War, which enters the battlefield and then it returns target creature to its owner's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, when it enters the battlefield, you target the recruiter, and if your opponent has a lightning bolt, they can blow up your recruiter, the ability fizzles... And you've kind of done nothing. With the Arctic Merfolk, you get they can't respond that way because the recruiter is already in your hand by the time the Merfolk even actually goes on the stack, let alone um, enters the battlefield. So they can't blow it up. You get you get to always play the recruiter again and get another card. Um, nice. So it it's it's not it it doesn't prevent them necessarily from disrupting the combo if they have a targeted removal spell at instant speed, but it is just a little better. You get an you get an extra card, um, and if you're playing the for whatever reason the red version of the deck has never played Arctic Merfolk. There's no reason they couldn't, but they always play Dreamstalker, which is a one five. That just returns. I think it's just target permanent. You can you uh, control to its owner's hand when it enters the battlefield. You can't play Dreamstalker with Recruiter of the Guard because Recruiter of the Guard needs a toughness two or less, whereas the Imperial Recruiter cares about power. So you can play that in the red version. I guess the advantage there is you can bounce one of your lands. And to... you know, right, or you could bounce the Aluren for some reason if they were going to target it. I, I don't know. Like, if you had the Aluren but not the Recruiter, you could play this to bounce the Aluren to get it away from a Disenchant. I mean, that's pretty fringy stuff. It's not going to probably come up very often. I think Arctic Murfolk is just better, and probably the red versions should honestly just play it. So, so explain this. Yeah. Why do you have Arctic Murfolk? Because it sounds like, all right, you, you play the Recruiter, right. you fetch the Murfolk. <laughs> Merfolk get in to bounce the recruiter to play the recruiter to fetch something else. Well, right. now you're exactly where you started, except with a Merfolk on the battlefield. What does right. having the Merfolk on the battlefield do for you? Right. So the issue is that Cavern Harpy can only bounce a blue or black creature. So it can't bounce the recruiter, which is one of the little awkward parts of this deck, that you can't you can't just go recruiter into Cavern Harpy because then you bounce the Cavern Harpy and you end up nowhere. Uh the Merfolk, though, is blue, so you can play Recruiter, fetch Merfolk. Merfolk, bounce Recruiter. Play Recruiter again, kit Cavern Harpy. Play Cavern Harpy, bounce Merfolk. Uh, play, Merfolk play Merfolk, bounce again Recruiter. To bounce the Recruiter, and now play the Recruiter to get pale, Baleful uh, Parasitic Strix, and now you win the game. Okay. And even if they had somehow removed Baleful Strix, now you just have a pay one life, put a creature from your deck onto the battlefield combo. Right. And so so the, that's not bad. The tutoring version of this generally plays um, Eternal Witness as well. So if they blow up the Parasitic Strix after you have the combo assembled, you can just do it again, bounce Recruiter, play Recruiter, get Eternal Witness to get back your Parasitic Strix and resume comboing. Um, so the, this is the, the advantage of the Recruiter version is that it, you get a couple of little, a little of additional utility things that you can tutor for. Um, the main two being Eternal Witness and Reclamation Sage. It has you going just a little bit more all-in on faster combo and more more instant win combo, right? Right. It's. I don't actually know that it's any more all-in. I think it's actually more 
it's more utility. Like I've I've cast Recruiter of the Guard a lot of times without Aluren out to get something that is uh, sort of a more utility creature. Mm-hmm. Um, it the downside is that it messes with your mana base that you have to play a fourth color, and um, that you end up devoting a lot of slots in your deck to these recruiters that are not always good. Um, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're just really slow and kind of terrible. But that does mean that Recruiter plus a Lauren equals I win the game, right? Equals I win the game, assuming you don't have a counterspell or an instant speed removal spell. Okay. Right. Which And even with even with instant speed removal spell, there's a very narrow window. We can get into that later on where you could disrupt and how you can disrupt. Right. That might, that might be a day two thing of how to stop this combo. How to stop this, yeah. Yeah, the, it is the actually one, there is like one there is one time when your lightning bolt will actually disrupt this combo. I, I yes, I, I tried, and they had yeah. two in hand. They they, they had a second yeah, one in you hand. Got a, yeah, you got unlucky. That was yeah. I think you did it right, but Ugh, yeah. tilting. Yeah, but uh, so what other what other creatures are there? So first, uh, I want to make a, a point about the way Aluren works, which is that it's a combo deck, but Unlike Elves or Show and Tell or Reanimator, those other combo decks um, that sort of have a, a stock list where this is kind of the list of cards that you play with, um, Aluren has a, is more of like a mid-range deck with a combo finish. And so there's a lot more play in, in terms of what you can stick in, in, your, in your deck. You've got where Elves you may have one or two flex spots, Aluren you probably have four or five. Um, at least. Uh, nice, fun. So, and that's that's aside from the a fact, draw for a lot of people, honestly, that right. they can be a little bit more creative. That's 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 one of the draws for me. Um, and what, that's that's uh, leaving aside the fact that there's like two separate builds of this, like with recruiters or without recruiters. I mean, even within those two builds, you've still got a fair amount of variation. But the the parts that are totally stock, I think. Uh, Pretty much everybody is playing four Baleful Strix, four Deathrite Shaman, uh, four Shardless Agent, and at least one copy of Leovold Emissary of Trust because he's in our colors and he's really, really good. At least one copy of Cavern Harpy, at least one copy of Parasitic Strix. If you're playing the version without recruiters, you've got th- you've got four Cavern Harpies and usually two Parasitic Strix. If you're playing recruiters, you have one of each and then you obviously have four recruiters. Um, and then... Then you also will have to have an Arctic Merfolk if you're playing the um, the white version. Um, but so I have so I've got four more creatures in my in my deck that are not included in that list, and most of the Sultai builds also are running another couple of creatures on top of that. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different variations that you can that you can build here. So there's not like when I say those are the creatures in the deck, I say those are the creatures you have to play. And then the rest, you could play several, one of several different other options, or you could just not have them be creatures at all. Those could be more spells. Okay. What do you want to talk about next? The rest, the rest of the creatures? or Wait, well, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Okay. So the, the spice I, that's I think, in... I think that's the question I asked, and you ignored it. I suppose that is the... Right, all right, yeah, all right. Well, I wanted to explain why I'm, why I'm yeah, I guess, answering it in such a meandering way, uh, rather than just, like, listing you the creatures. Um, yeah. So... I like spice in my lists. Um, you may remember I showed up to the Grand Prix with a couple copies of uh, Ninja of the Deep Hours, um, which is... So spicy. So spicy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some Vindaloo. Uh, but... <laughs> I, I, you, you know, uh, when you're at Buffalo Wild Wings, they require you to sign a waiver before you're allowed to play Ninja of the Deep Hours. Right, yeah. Don't, don't don't touch your eyes or genitals within an hour of touching Ninja of the Deep Hours. <laughs> yeah, unless this is a popper tournament, maybe. Yeah, it's probably a little much. Um, but I do have a couple of other uh, other crazy things. So there's a there's an Eternal Witness, uh, which I don't know. We already talked about in Legacy. It's a modern staple, but I don't know that anybody else is really playing it in our format. Um, which whenever you're playing a modern, like a card in, that's a modern staple in your legacy deck that doesn't otherwise see legacy play, you know you're doing something um, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yes. So Eternal Witness is, a, is two green and a one for a two one. When it enters the battlefield, you may return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's a good card. It's a really good card. Um, what it does here, this is a card that you can get with the recruiter. You can bounce it using the... Um, 
using Lauren and the uh, the Cavern Harpy Arctic Merfolk loop, which means you can buy back uh, other pieces of your combo that may have gotten killed. Um, it does a lot of good things. Um, the other thing is a copy of Reclamation Sage, which is also just a really good card. Um, Reclamation Sage at instant speed off of Aluren is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, being able to tutor for it with Recruiter of the Guard is also pretty fun. So those are things yeah. that you don't get in the non-Recruiter version of the deck. Um, they definitely slow you down a little bit, but they also give you some resilience like a lot of decks sometimes are just dead to some to certain cards in main deck and they just have to wait until sideboarding and we have a couple of ways to get out of those things. Yeah. Nice. Um then I'm also running and I keep trying I keep deciding whether I'm cutting these but then ultimately come putting them back in because I think they're so much fun. Uh two copies of Veteran and Explorer. Um because Veteran Explorer, uh, he's a one. Veteran Explorer is is possibly spicier in this list than Ninja of the Deep Hours. How that is, is that possible? That is actually possible. That is. This actually... is not. No, this is a legacy staple, and this is not the deck for it to go. Right. <laughs> right. So, like, Veteran Explorer is is often called Nick Fit. So, if you've heard of, uh, we've mentioned that deck a hundred times on the show. So, we've never actually talked about Veteran Explorer, though. I don't think. Um, Nick Fit is basically a weird ramp deck. That right. kind of uh, relies largely like on four this colors, one card. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of whatever you want it to be. It's kind of just like a pile. But it is it's a good pile. Yeah. Right. A pile um, of good and, stuff for like and, good stuff and, for drops. <laughs> and honestly, the uh, probably backbone of Nick Fit, I'm going to say, is better an explorer mm-hmm. and Cabal Therapy or other sack outlets. Right. Uh, so, so tell tell us what Veteran Explorer is because I'm not sure if we've ever. I don't said think it. we've ever said it. Right. So he's a one one for one green um and he's a human soldier scout and when he dies each player may search his or her library for up to two basic lands and put them on the battlefield note that that does not say tapped yes it is the lands come into play untapped um then each player searched his or her library this way shuffles it of course so true are are there lots of basic lands in legacy or like do people play some non-basics uh lots of people play a lot of non-basics so oh so yeah. this says, I, for one mana, and yeah. having a sack outlet, can put two lands untapped into play, Right, and my opponent can maybe do nothing. Yeah, right. So if you're playing against something like a lot of the Grixis Delver lists or Eldrazi, they just don't have any basic lands. Like, they have zero. Um, a lot of other people will maybe have fetched for a basic first, because they don't know if you're playing Wasteland or something, and then maybe there only yep. is one other basic in their whole deck. Yeah. Um, so they can maybe maybe they can get one, maybe they can get zero. You're getting two. They come into play untapped, which means you can immediately use them to play spells out of your hands, so you don't lose tempo. Um, it's a really goofy card, but it is potentially very powerful. There are ways you can combo out on turn two in this deck uh, if you're able to sacrifice a veteran explorer. So we'll get to the sack outlets in a moment. Right. It also fixes your mana, obviously, and we're in four colors, so mana fixing is pretty sweet. It's still um, really weird because you're you're not a ramp deck. We're not a ra- need, we're not a ramp. You don't deck. need that much mana. No, we really yeah. It's it's they're weird and they're like they're great if you've got them and a sack outlet. And there are a fair number of sack outlets in this deck, but you don't always have one, and so sometimes it's just kind of a one one for one. Uh, that like That's it, legacy playable, right? Right, exactly. And yeah, okay. If it if it it can chump block a uh, you know. A uh, thought not seer. They may have to think twice about talk, attacking into it or something like that. But that's that. Yeah. Eh. Anyway, when, when it's good, it's great. It's not always any good at all. Um, no, it's not. The, but yeah, we, we digress. But we digress. It's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. Um, and then the final creature in my list. If if you if you're counting really hard here, you'll notice that I actually maybe should not have another creature in my list. I've gone down to three copies of Shardless Agent, um, which is maybe wrong. Shardless Agent is awesome, so that's maybe what should replace one of the Veteran Explorers once I get rid of those, finally. Um, But anyway, I have one more creature, which is Academy Rector, uh, which is another really spicy card. And... This one at least sees play sometimes in some decks because it's a powerful effect. It's a really powerful effect, yeah. So this is... it's It's a white and three... For a one-two, and when it dies, so it drops one-two. 
Legacy yeah, playable. Legacy playable, obviously. It, no, it has a stupid, stupid death trigger. When it dies, you may exile it. If you do, search your library for an enchantment card and put that card onto the battlefield. Now, wait, is it you or all players? Just you. Oh, okay. I actually misread that. It's, it's, it would be so rarely relevant for your opponents to... Yeah, I mean, like, because you're going to get something, like, crazy, like Lurin and win the game, or, like, Omniscience and win the game. Uh, your opponent's going to get, like, Sylvan, Sylvan Library. Library. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, that's a good card. It's not Omniscience. Um, so, yeah. Or a Rancor. I'll, I'll get a Rancor. A Rancor. <laughs> yeah, and while you combo kill me at instant speed. Uh, yeah, this is recruitable, which means that your recruiters can find your Allurens, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it also theoretically lets you do some stupid stuff after sideboarding. I remember having a long debate about doing that on the drive to the GP, whether I should put something crazy in my sideboard um, as a re- as a rector target. Um, yeah, didn't we even talk about, like, humility or something? Well, I don't think we'd put a humility in. That would be terrible in my deck. Well, true. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're Maybe talking we, about. We, were talking, we did talk about worship. Um, or, or moat. No, moat shouldn't be a thing. Moat. We talked about this. Moat, please don't let moat be a thing. Oh, man. Like, moat would actually be awesome in here. Um, but, yeah, I don't own a moat, and they're like $400. <laughs> so the, 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 benef- the benefit to your deck's not quite $400 worth of deck. No, also it's double white, and I probably can't actually cast it if I draw it, which is, you know, a problem. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's the deck. Uh, that's the creatures. Um, Play Recycle. Can't, can't draw it if you can't draw cards. Right. Smart guy. Yeah. Right. Um, so okay, then we have we have some we have some instants and sorceries and a couple of enchantments. Uh, the, the enchantments obviously we have Alur- four copies of Aluren and then one copy of Sylvan Library. Um, just because Sylvan Library is a good card, this is as we as I said earlier, kind of like it's like there's a combo to it, but it's mostly what you're trying to do is grind people down for mm-hmm. quite a while. I mean, Aluren is a four drop and you just, most combo decks are going to be faster than you. Um, you're just not going to be able to just race people most of the time. You're going to have to play at least a little bit of disruption first. How often do you win without hitting your infinite combo? I mean, probably not quite half the time. Really? That much? I was expecting you to say almost never. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It depends. Like, I think against, like... You know, in some of the grindier matchups like against Miracles, a lot of times what happens is they're able to stop you from comboing, but then they end up... I mean, obviously this is no more, but this is... A, a lot of the games I've I've logged with the deck have been against Miracles, though, and so that tends to, happens to be a, a disproportionate amount of my experience with the deck. Um, but what ends up happening is you end up with, like, a couple copies of... You get, like, a Baleful Strix and a Shardless Agent, and they've got... They're, they're out of cards because they had to cast Force of Will twice, targeting your Allurens... And now they just don't have any resources to stop you from pecking them to death for, like, three damage a turn. And you just, you win that way. Um, okay. It's not, it's probably, it's maybe, it's less than half. I mean, maybe it's more like a quarter of the time, but Still. I... Still, all right. It definitely has happened, though, a, a yeah, lot. You know what this reminds me of? Elves. Reminds me of elves. It's, no, this deck, all right, I make fun of you for comparing every deck to elves. This deck, actually, I think, is a lot like elves. Where it's um, a, a combo deck with a aggro weenie backup right i I think the the combo here is weaker than elves's combo i think the aggro weenie backup plan is probably stronger than elves um but yeah it's very similar so sylvan library is just is is great as something you can cascade into with shardless agent it's also really good if you're before a shardless agent because then you can set up your cascade it's yeah so it's just really Good for grindy value matchups, uh, and, like, we we get into a lot of those. There are seven instants in my version of it. I think there are four copies of Brainstorm. Everybody's, every every deck that... Every Aluren deck, every every deck period, maybe, should have four copies of Brainstorm. Brainstorm's really good. Um, and then three copies of Abrupt Decay, which is another one of the draws to playing this deck, is that you get three cop- three main deck copies of Abrupt Decay, uh, which answers so many problems, uncounterably. Cascading that in, into that with Shardless Agent is an awesome, awesome feeling almost all the time. Check one question. 
is yeah. Cascade mandatory or optional? Say that's your only permanent in play. Uh, you have you, to kill your own. You do not. You it's, okay. it's a May trigger. You may cast it. So, right, every Good. once in a while you will be playing something like Storm or Show and Tell, and they don't have a an abrupt decay target on the battlefield, and you just that sucks. Kind of, but I've, it's not as bad yeah. as then having to kill your own guy. Right. So. I've had to I've had to cast it targeting some uh, an opponent's Sensei's Divine Top before, um, which isn't the worst thing. At least you cost them a a mana basically, but that's all. But, but. There go the popo. Um, it's an ambulance, sir. They're um, off to help someone. Oh, okay, okay. Well, the, the police could be off to help someone. That's what the police. I'm not going. No, we're not uh, going there. Well, going there. let's leave that alone. Um, anyway, then we have uh, f- we have five sorceries, all of which in this build are discard spells. Uh, four copies of Cabal Therapy, which is the sacrifice, the main sacrifice outlet for those veteran explorers. A lot of our creatures give us value when they enter the battlefield, which is the whole point with Aluren and the and the, the looping, the combo. But that means that they're great. You get the value out of them, and then you can sacrifice them to Cabal Therapy, and it's like you're not even losing a card. Um, nice. So, and Cabal Therapy is just really good. So, yeah. And then one copy of Thoughtseize, just because more discard. And uh, so that's how this deck ends up surviving against other combo decks is that you have five main deck discard spells whereas most a lot of combo decks do not have really any way to interact or at least very minimal ways to interact in game one now here check this out you're a blue deck right did i miss you say for saying force of will you did not and that is the that is the problem with being a four color deck is that there are not enough blue cards that we could reliably cast force of will uh without paying mana for it and it's really not very good if you actually have to pay mana. So five um, mana isn't a good counter spell. I guess just that's what all it says on it. Right. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, I got an upgrade. You can play cancel. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. Strictly uh, better than force of will. You heard it here. Um, no. Uh, no. Who said that, Drew? Don't say such crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is, and that is one of the downsides. The the. The discard ends up being quite good, and the discard is better against other fair decks because you're not giving up a card to play Force of Will, and it's usually almost as good against the combo decks. So it's, I think it's like I think it's fine. I don't think you you really you would you don't really miss the Force of Will here most of the time. Um, But one of the fun things about one of the downsides of discard you you heard it here first, folks. Force of Will not really necessary. You won't miss it. You won't well if you're playing five discard spells in the main deck. Main deck. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do love what you said about uh, cabal therapy and your end of the battlefield triggers, right? Because so often discard spells are not good against fair decks, right? Because you know if if I'm playing against burn and their whole hand is nothing but deal three damage cards, right? And I trade one of my cards for one of their cards. Especially if it was, I, if you use Thoughtseize to do it. <laughs> especially if I use Thoughtseize. But even ignoring that, say I use right. you know, Duress or something. Right. You know, I, I traded one of my cards for one of their cards, but I'm not really up, because that wasn't their best card. It was it was almost like discard a card at random, or they choose yeah. a card to discard. There, there's right. a reason that nobody plays they choose a card to discard, because right. it's only good if they've got one card better than the rest. Right. right. But... If you've got one a one mana black spell that says almost discard a card, and then next turn have them discard another card right. or something because you can sack a creature you don't care about. Right. It's I almost mean, like a one mana him to Torak. Yes, which kind of sort of. Really, let, let's not take that analogy too far. But it's not as good as him to Torak. But it's, it's close though, and which it's is a sack outlet. and it's a sack outlet, which lets us get which works well with Veteran Explorer and works well with Academy Rector. And, yeah. and you know, if they if they if they show a hand and it's lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, huh? You get to smile a lot, right? Yeah, maybe you missed the first time, and then the second time, guess what you're gonna name? Yeah, um, you get occasional blowouts like that, right? Where they've just got so one... it's two him to Turox. It's like two him to Turox, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, perfect. Perfect. Um, so the next that right, the next thing is, I guess, the lands. Um, yeah. What are the lands? So it's a four color pile. So we've got some basic lands because we have Nick Fit and we have to have some basic lands. Uh, two forests because we want to be able to cast a Lurin off of off of that. Um, 
an island and a swamp. There is a bayou, two tropical islands, and still trying to get Jamie to trade me an underground sea. So right now that's a watery grave. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that's. A, I, I, I think I told you my price and you said no. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this. Anyway. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Right. The the under, underground sea, like, it's a, it's it matters because a lot of times you do want to go turn one thought sees into turn, turn two brainstorm and fetch into Shockland untapped into thought sees start game at 15 life is unpleasant so yeah true. That, that I, really... I, I, there's a, I advocate about how you can do fetch lands this is not the best deck a, a four color deck is not the best deck to do fetch lands no, especially right. if you've got for if you got main board thought seasons right. for other pay life right. issues. And then there are two more thought seasons in the sideboard. Yeah. And then, you know, your your Herbies that also, yes, in theory in, in the end you'll end in infinite life, but right. you need to pay some life first. You need to not be at you need to not be at one life when you start a combo. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or if you're playing against the burn spell, you need to not be at eight life because that's too low. Because they might actually kill you before you can execute yeah. the combo. Right. Um, there are a bunch of fetches. Uh, ideally, it should probably be some mix, mostly of Verdict Catacombs and then Polluted Deltas and Misty Rainforests. I don't have any Misty Rainforests, so those are instead Windswept Heaths. That has actually Palmer. been fine. Yeah. Um, the Yeah, that has been fine. Um, then They'll get you whatever color. They won't always get you... They won't always get you the two-color card you want, but they'll right. get you whatever color. They'll get you something on color, and it ends up usually being so it's fine. Fine. Then there's a Scrubland, which okay. is the way to cast uh, Recruiter and Academy Rector. Um, and then we have, because we're not done being spicy, we have some spice in the mana, in, in the mana sources, too. Um, there's one copy of Phyrexian Tower, which is a legendary land. So taps spicy. For, so, so spicy. Taps for colorless. Or tap, sacrifice a creature, add two black mana to your mana pool. So... This is four, four color deck. Put in something that taps for colors. Colorless, yes, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, this is obviously not fun when you want to play uh, a baleful strix on turn two. Um, but uh, this yeah, is another deck outlet's good because you've another, got well, right? I, if you're a, going Nick Fit, ew. right? If you're going Nick Fit. You need some. Need still some questionable. Outlets. Still, still questionable. Man. Still questionable. It's still questionable. I, I'm not sure that's best. It well the other thing it does is it lets you play Alluren a little bit ahead of schedule and you can surprise people with that. Um, you sure. can it helps you play around days and stuff like that. It it it's been mostly fine. The other thing we have is yet another colorless source, which is a legendary land called Volrath Stronghold. <laughs> okay, and now it, this one's beautiful though. This I, one's, I love this one's this. great. This one's great. So it's the caps for colorless or it has an activated ability of black and one, and tap it to put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. So there's a combo with Phyrexian Tower and Volrath Stronghold, which essentially lets you just, like, keep sacking and then replaying your Baleful Strix, like, over and over and over again, like, every turn, and, like, you can you can block, a like, a Batter Skull with that, and they don't ever gain any life. Um, you know, it, you can... It, it, it lets you rebuy uh, things like veteran explorer if you really wanted to do that um but or you know just beautiful strix for value of every hey, turn yeah I, i'd love to have a one one death touch in addition to my ordinary draw every turn right right so if you got the mana for it yeah and this that's yeah. A, the thing is that this isn't as good as it sounds a lot of time because if you just keep replaying the same chump blocker every turn you'll never draw any new cards, and if you were already losing, you will now continue to lose. Um, so you only want to do it with things that are like draw a card or cascade or something awesome. Right, but our deck is chock full of those, so it's fine. Also, if they somehow disrupt your combo and kill one of your important combo pieces. Right, this lets you buy back a recruiter that chump blocked or something like that. So this ends up Parasitic being... Stri- Parasitic tricks? If Parasitic tricks, if they've... Enough to- if they maybe discard, discard it. it, or right, if it got countered, um, right, this is another way now, besides Eternal Witness to buy those back. Without miracles, does this card go down in value? Because I have to imagine that was one of the really good matchups for this. It card. certainly was awesome against miracles. Um, I I don't know yet because my guess is it will instead a lot of miracles 
decks are now going to be supplanted by some of those Sultai mid-rangey com- like control decks, which are going to play a ton of discard effects. So I and a, still a lot of counter magic. So I think this is still going to be pretty solid. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So that's the main deck. That's the main deck. Sideboard. Sideboard. Uh, but before we go on to the sideboard, actually, yes. I wanted to thank our sponsors. Uh, I, I, we, as we said, sponsored by our patrons who are great. But we also have a special sponsor just for today. Have you ever wanted to go back to a simpler time? Have you ever wanted to sit on the porch after a long, hard day in the field? Well, here at Silent Assassin Bean Farm, we know all about that. We know the simple joys <laughs> of farming beans all day. We know the simple joys of sitting on the porch in the quiet silence, we know the simple joys of wondering which of your relatives is going to die first, but you'll never know who did it because <sighs> silence. <laughs> Silent assassin beings bring the silence to your home from <laughs> ours. Fart <laughs> 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 <Our> jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, actually, um, b- before we go on, because we're going to do the sideboard and then wrap up, right? I had an idea, and I wanted to run it past our listeners. Okay. I, I had asked a few people that I knew listened, but I, I-, I want to just put it out there. Uh, after we recorded our uh, drive back from Louisville, you might remember, yeah. we got into a really in-depth, not spiky, not gameplay-related, like, flavor conversation about what really is the library? Is it a book? Is right. It- is it is it your memory? Like what is it? We we went deep, right? And we had a lot of fun with it. And uh, I talked to some people, and they said they'd love to hear something like that. And I wanted it to know from you, the listeners, is that something you would like to have as an episode, as a patrons only bonus episode, which we had never really planned to do. But if this is, that's not really the you know fun casual spike thing that we do. It's a little different. It's, uh, it's or super kind of like you know. Yes. Yeah, Super Vorthos. Uh, is that maybe something better for us to do in our free time and not tell anybody about? I'll tell you, I was there for this, and I'm not convinced that it made any damn sense the first time, and I'm not sure it'll make any more sense oh, I'm going very forward. So, right, very I just want to make sure that we anyway. expressly, I, expressly disclaim all warranties of sense making for this hypothetical, uh, this hypothetical episode. Anyway, uh, but before yeah. finishing up the episode and doing. Si- si- uh, sideboard i wanted to put it out there we might do that and if you have an opinion of oh dear gosh please don't waste my time with that or that sounds like the greatest thing uh, ever of course i want to hear that i'll give you all the money right yeah uh yeah i I, either i i will be i will run a poll on our official twitter and also you can just comment on our website right yeah um letting us know what you think right moving on once again Sideboard. The sideboard. The sides, the boards, the boardiest of sides. The boardiest of sides. Uh, so there is, well, first of all, nobody really knows what their sideboard should look like these days. Uh, this is a sideboard from before Miracles got bad. So um, it's probably plus or minus what it ought to look like, but uh, who knows? There's probably some stuff that can come out. Um, anyway, so there's one copy of Abrupt Decay. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Abrupt Decay, because uh, Abrupt Decay is good, removal for almost every problem permanent in Legacy, free to cast off of Shardless Agent, uncounterable, good times. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a copy of Bone Shredder, which... Uh, that sounds unusual. What is Bone Shredder? Bone Shredder. Wait, Bone Shredder. Bone Shredder. Bone Shredder. Uh, Bone Shredder is a black and two for a one-one flying with Echo uh, for a black and two. So, at the beginning of your upkeep, if this came under your control since the beginning of your last upkeep, you sacrifice it unless you pay the Echo cost. Um, so basically, you 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 play it, then you have to pay for it again, or else it dies. But that's okay because this is here really to have its center of the battlefield effect, which is destroy target non-artifact non-black creature. Um, so this is a recruitable... Also known as Terror for you youngins. Yes, right. It, it casts Terror upon entering the battlefield. Oh, hey, here's a fun thing. Do you know mm. why why uh, not black being bad at killing artifacts and bad at killing black things is a thing in magic? you know why that's in the flavor? 
I mean, because it's like terror, right? You can't scare artifacts, right? It's actually that. It's because the first black kill spell is called terror. And they yeah. said, well, all right, you kill with fright. Black creatures aren't going to be afraid of you. And artifact creatures don't know fear. So right. the card terror kills non-black, non-artifact creatures. And then somehow it just became, well, that must be all black can do. Right. Because uh, because nobody ever really thought about it again. For a long time, anyway. For right. a long time. Until, you know, murder. Right. Moving on. Moving right. On. Moving on. This is actually not terror because actually terror prevents regeneration and this does not prevent regeneration. So. Is there any regenerators in yeah. Legacy? Every once in a while somebody will show up with a copy of Thrun, the last troll, but he has hexproof anyway, so you're not targeting him with Bone Shredder. Yeah. Okay. Um, and. Oh, oh, um, uh, Golgari Charm. Regenerates all your creatures. I that that does see some some free some fringe play. So, yes, su- super fringe. But okay, there's something. There's something. It's, it it it's could worth saying. There is a way that it could possibly be relevant. Um, anyway, it will never be relevant. It will never be relevant. Um, yeah, it's a removal spell. Uh, at the GP, I was playing Fleshbag Marauder on Jamie's suggestion because it doesn't target, but I they're in the fringe situations where it actually matters. Most of the time you're using this to have a way to get rid of something like a Grizzle Brand or an Elish Norn. Um, in the fringe situations where it does actually matter that you... Can't are, kill Grizzle Brand. Can't kill Grizzle Brand, but if, if they have Grizzle Brand, they're usually going to have Force of Will anyway. Um, probably. Probably. And this com- this ends up being more relevant for things like Delver decks where you need to kill the young Pyromancer as opposed to the Elemental Tokens. Ah, that makes sense. And the Delver that's actually going to swing in and kill you next turn as opposed to some other random, you know, like an unflipped Delver. Um, it, again, it's not uh, it's not a huge difference. A lot of the time you'll get the same effect, but... Um, this... Oh, yeah. Um, you, you, I don't remember if we linked on the show or not. I think you still have that misprinted Flashbag Marauder. So I do. Shout out, thank... Well, I, he, he still has B-Cards too, so we'll call it even, I think. Yeah. Uh, no. Shout out to uh, Zemet. And I'll link him in the things. He sells magic cards, and on rare, rare occasion, if you're friends with him, he'll loan you a misprinted Fleshbag Marauder. Right, and then he won't actually remember care to enough get to back. get it back from you. Right. Then, um, I'll, then he'll go to his home state, and, and then okay. I'll go to my home state, and then we'll just hide and pretend like I don't owe money. Right. Oh, no. Oh, no, don't. don't no, no, no. Jamie's being Out. dragged away through the interwebs and beaten through and the interwebs. Knee, kneecapped for, for stealing magic cards that are worth a combined dollar and a half or something. Um, well, nobody at the GB had it because no, it's I know. Worth nothing. It's, it's worth it's probably yeah. worth like negative money because of having to haul it around. Right. It's seriously like a ten cent card, maybe. Um, but somebody had a misprint copy because that might actually awesome. be worth something. Right. Yeah. That was like seriously the only copy in the whole room. So. Uh, and it was in your deck. And it was in my deck. deck, buddy. Right. <laughs> it was a great deck. It was a great deck. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, so, right, the Echo thing lets it makes it die, but that's usually okay, because we often are... Again, we only really care about the end of the battlefield effect, and... What, what is it, a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2? Two, two? It's a 1-1 one, one flyer, um, right. and usually... You don't really care about a 1-1 one, one flyer very often. No, and it's actually maybe better in the graveyard. It's almost worth paying it. With, you, right, yeah. things like... Volrath Stronghold or Eternal Witness, um, it might actually be better in the graveyard than on the battlefield. Um, right. so, so yes, in theory, you could pay the uh, Echo sometimes, maybe if you are really stalling out against, I don't know, Delver, and you need to block a Delver. But yeah, I mean no, potentially, you, but very unlikely. You, you 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 can read this as a destroy a as a as a murder. Yeah. That is tutorable with Recruiter. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's what it is. That's pretty much what it's there for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Two copies of Carpet of Flowers, which is... What is Carpet of Flowers? That's an enchantment for a green. It says during your main phase. Uh, let me actually get the Oracle text here, because once per turn, during each at the beginning of each of your main phases, if you have not added mana to your mana pool with this ability yet this turn. Okay, no, don't read. Don't so, read no, no. That. The it's, reason that this matters is that, that you you have to target your opponent, and if they're playing with Leovold, you have to target them, and you have to make them draw a card every time. Um, it's true. And here's the thing: if you say, "All right, fine, I don't need the mana. I don't need the mana," 
it then checks again during the second main phase and right. will force you to target again. Right. So you have to do it if your if your opponent has a Leovold out, you kind of have to do it on their on their first upkeep on your first main phase so that you don't target them twice. Um, but makes a lot of man. Maybe it'll come out or be cut down to one now that Miracles isn't a thing. Yeah, you probably don't want to bring it in against any deck that might have Leovold for the most part. But right, I mean, what it does That's is just, a lot of decks. Yeah, but what it does is it just kind of ramps you a lot, um, which is good because it lets you it, it puts the pressure on your opponent faster. They have to worry about whether you're going to cast a Lurin. Um, they have to hold up counter spells, um, and even if they don't. If they, even if they, you don't have an Aluren, it does let you just cast and then bounce and then cast again a lot of your creatures because you have a lot, a lot of mana. And yep. this deck can be kind of mana hungry. So Yeah, cut it. I, I say cut it. I, I mean, I think maybe one is correct. It maybe doesn't need to be two copies. Um, that's, that's perhaps fair. Next, we have one copy of Containment Priest. I think we've talked about this card. Uh, we have. This is one of the bonuses of playing white in the deck is you get to play Containment Priest. It's recruitable. Uh, it doesn't hose a Lurin because you're casting things, but it does hose lots of other decks. It's pretty sweet. This is one of the, the big draws, I think, to the to the white version of this deck is getting to play this card. Good. Uh, next is Fairy Macabre, which is black, black, and one for a 2-2 flyer that really, frankly, might as well not be a creature because the point is that you can discard it from your hand to exile up to two target cards from graveyards. Uh, yes. It is an uncounterable... Graveyard hate uh, effect. Yeah. For free graveyard hate. Instant right. speed. Instant speed. And it's recruitable, which means you can play your recruiter, and then even if you don't have any more mana up, you still have effectively an uncounterable graveyard hate card. It's pretty great. Nice. Uh, yeah. Also, randomly, it's a flying beater if you need that. I've actually had a game where that was relevant, too. Um, not often, but it does come up. Um, okay. Next is a copy of Meddling Mage. This is kind of speculative. I don't know whether this is really good or not, but um, it's a white and a blue for a 2-2. As it enters the battlefield, you name a non-land card, and the name card can't be played. So this is to stop people from playing things like Show and Tell or, I guess, Natural Order. Occasionally, maybe Force of Will if you're trying to force through your own combo. Um, Tendrils of Agony, that kind of thing. It's good against other combo decks for the most part. Okay. Um, it's another white card. Again, it's recruitable. There's a theme here. A lot of these are recruitable creatures. Um, there's one copy of Orzov Pontiff, which is a black, a white, and one for a 1-1 one, one that has haunt. Never mind what haunt does. When it enters the battlefield, effectively, you get to choose between creatures you control getting plus one, plus one until end of turn, or creatures you don't control getting minus one, minus one until end of turn. You're doing the second one almost every time. Almost every time. You bring this in to kill all the stuff out of Elves and Death and Taxes. This is what this is for. This is what it does. Nice. And it's pretty good at it. Here's another, because I like my spice, here's another spice card. A copy of Peacekeeper, which is a white and two. Don't play Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper is so good. It's it's a white and two for a 1-1 one, one that has just, the text on it is, Creatures Can't Attack. And then you have to pay a white and one during your upkeep, or else you have to sacrifice it, but that's actually not necessarily that's, a terrible thing, because it lets you get upside. rid of it when you want, right? Yes. Um, so this stops, for the most part, elves from killing you. It stops Eldrazi, mostly, from killing you. I mean, people can kill it, but elves has other win conditions, but it slows a lot of decks down a ton, and this deck does not have to attack to win. So it, It's fine. It, you know, I make mean, it, it's moat on legs, pretty much. It, it is. But not right. as expensive as Magus of the Moat. Um, so, no, don't right. play Magus of the Moat. If Magus of the Moat did work castable with uh, with Aluren, um, I think it's also an 0-4, maybe? Because I think there's a reason it's not well, I think it's not recruitable. It's also double white. There's a lot of reasons not to play it. It also doesn't play. stop flyers. No, but that's not as big of a problem. We've got a lot of beautiful stresses and whatnot. But moving yeah, on. Yeah. Keeps the peace. Keeps the peace, yes. Uh, Phyrexian Revoker. This is maybe, this should maybe be a two of, uh, maybe this gets an extra spot. It's a good card. Flowers. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Do that. This is actually a, this is actually a card that sees a fair amount of legacy play. It's a, like a three or four of in every Death and Taxes list. Yeah. They know it. It's good. Um. Alright. Anything else? Scavenging Ooze. Yeah. Good yeah. card. Scoos. Uh, Recruitable. Scoos. Yeah. Two copies of Thoughtseize. To complement the additional one on the board, this is another anti-combo card. And finally, two copies of Toxic Deluge, 
which I don't think we've talked about, but it's a staple. It's a black and two. You pay X life, and then it's a sorcery, and then all creatures get minus X, minus X until end of turn. Remember when I first saw I see something like that, I'd be like, oh, so I can pay like two or three or four. That's not a good rate at all. And I thought, huh, you could pay like ten. You could. That's, I mean, you okay. can like yeah. you can like kill a Grizzlebrand with this, I suppose. Yep. Um, but mostly, what this is, you're paying one or two, and it's like, and everything dies, and a board wipe for three mana ends up actually being pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Great. Yep. And that's the sideboard. All right. Well, we will come back on part two for going more in depth. Talking yes. about me at moderate depth. Maybe that's because we spread this out over so many days of recording. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to say that you know how to reach us. And uh, did we do band card of the day? I don't even remember. I don't think we did. We're going to say we're, we're going to say we did because I got to go. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to be over an hour. You're not going to be able to do much singing at this rate. Right. Right. Yeah. I got to got to keep the keep the singing. Uh, you'll have to come back for the stinger, kids, because you're otherwise that's going to make no sense. And believe me, you'll want it to make sense. Anyway, I'm Jamie. That's Drew. And until uh, next time, remember. Preparation is the best legacy weapon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Well, all right, it's loading. It's just loading extremely slowly. Moving very slowly. Very slowly. Slower and 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 liquid and leather in equal measure. All right, now, just because you use the word slowly, I'm now going to sing all of Strong Bad Sings, the best of Homestar <laughs> Runner, by Cheap as Free Publications. Right, right. We were going to talk about the sideboard, but instead, we just decided to subject you to the musical stylings of Jamie Keller, ladies and gentlemen. Population time! Yeah. So this has been another episode of Jamie Ruins Everything. Yeah, uh, right. We were, we were going to talk about magic. That didn't, that didn't happen. We're out of time. <laughs>